Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. What's going on, everybody? Paul Bissonette here from the Spit and Chicklets podcast and now the TNT broadcast. I just want to give everybody a shout out and make sure you tune in to the ML Sports Platter. It's the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms like Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, and many more. Go ahead and download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. Hey, if you have an Apple phone, for example, just go to the, your your app center and uh, type in podcasts. Purple podcast button comes up. Tap that. Hit search. Type in ML Sports Platter, and then hit follow or subscribe, and you will get new and archived episodes of the platform on a daily basis with the likes of Past guests like Jay Billis, Eric Wood, Baseball Hall of Famers, Bob Costas, and many, many more. The ML Sports Platter, available where you get podcasts on your smartphone device. We are brought to you by our good friends at Liverpool Physical Therapy, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, Stumble and Monkey Brewing Company, and our great friend Matt Graham at State Farm Insurance. If you're in and around the great state of New York, get a free rate quote today from Matt and ask about the rate drop recently as well. Home, auto, life, business, you name it, they've got it. Insurance plans for you. Matt Graham of State Farm. Go ahead and visit him at SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com. So I've been doing a lot of these, you know, what's next for certain franchises, you know, who I think it's it's really paramount and important to kind of look at, you know, what what is going on with, you know, the future of these teams um, a lot of it's designed because the quarterback position is certainly an unknown. And um, I think one of those places also is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, when you look at their situation, Big Ben retiring as I record this uh, just a couple of days ago. Um, certainly, I think they'll have to look at going quarterback in the NFL draft. I don't think there's you know, really any <clears throat> other way to shake it down. Um and then they really, you know, they, they need some help in, in, in other areas. Um, I think that, you know, you, you have a situation where the defense really, really looks pretty good um, right now. I, I don't think that they need uh, a lot of help there. Um, that defense this year, especially when T.J. Watt was, <clears throat> you know, really doing his thing, um, it, it, it was something to behold. I mean, they went into Buffalo and, and basically shut down, you know, the Bills. And, and at other times, they they were they were really really on it. But man, at others, you were like, where did they go? I, I know a couple of games without Watt in there, it didn't help you uh, if you're a Steeler fan. But good grief, I mean, there were a few games in there. The Pittsburgh Steelers just they kind of disappeared uh, defensively. I mean, you know, you, you think about. The middle of the year, they give up 82 points, you know, to the to the Chargers and the Bengals respectively in late November. 
they gave up 36 to Minnesota on a Thursday night game. They gave up 36 to the Chiefs, but I guess who doesn't? Um, you know, so th- those games hurt, certainly. Um, you know, they were pretty good, I think, in the beginning of the year. I mean, like I said, I mentioned the Buffalo game. Uh, they lost to Vegas. They gave up 26 points in that game. 24 to the Bengals, not bad looking back on it now. Bengal, uh, uh, Packers, 27 points, okay, it's Rodgers, Green Bay, whatever. Um, you know, and then it was, you know, they, they they gave up 20 to Seattle, but they made stops in the end. Denver, 19 points before that, made stops in the end. Held the Browns to 10 points. Uh, they gave up 27 to the Bears in a winning cause. Yeah. Um, they tied the Lions <laughs> in that game on November 14th. Yeah. But the defense, and then again, the 82 points in two combined games followed that. Uh, Really good D against the Ravens, especially late. Um, You know, so again, it was a roller coaster year. They beat the Titans, uh, which was a huge win on December 19th. And they limited Tennessee to 13 points. Again, that was a Tennessee team that, you know, really was losing a lot of their offensive firepower. You know, no Derrick Henry. I I believe A.J. Brown and Julio Jones were out in that game, I think. Um you know, held the Browns to 14 seconds to last game of the year and then beat the Ravens at OT on the road uh, and held them to 13. Again, the Ravens decimated all year by injuries. But the, the Steeler defense was was sort of way up or it was or it was way down. And I think that's kind of where, you know, they, they either won, right, or they lost. And Pittsburgh is kind of a unique team in the NFL considering uh, what – what their DNA is, right? And like how they're built, um, how they win, how they want to be built, how they're structured, the DNA, the ethos, uh, you know, the, the the teamwork and camaraderie and the culture in there. A lot of it is tough-nosed Steeler defensive football. And so uh, we did see some of that this year. There's no question. Uh, but man alive, uh, it, it, it was, uh, when it was bad, it was real bad. And they've got to shore that up. And again, I understand a lot of it had to do with injuries. I know that they had some Corona problems, um, but there were a couple times in there when when everybody was going and healthy, and they just didn't have it. Um, you know, I, I again, I think they've got some major, just great pieces on defense um, who who are coming back. Um, you know, when it starts and ends with obviously T.J. Watt, who is beyond deserving at this particular point of um, of the Defensive Player of the Year Award. You know, and then you look elsewhere on defense, and, um, you know, I, I got to believe that Cam Hayward, you know, who's back, will, will continue to be just an unbelievable force for them. Um, you know, their secondary you had to have been impressed with Minka Fitzpatrick. I remember when a lot of people frowned at, you know, giving up a first round pick for him and, you know, fast forward to the end of 2021 season. And, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick's a, a darn good safety and he's so young. He's only been in the league for four years. And, you know, they probably need to shore up the secondary a little bit. I think their cover corners are kind of suspect. Uh, maybe you go in the draft for a corner. Uh, they do have multiple corners who are hitting the free agent market, including Joe Hayden, who had an $11.2 million cap hit in 2021. If he wants that same money. I don't think you bring Joe Hayden back. Um, again, <clears throat> a very up and down 
uh, sort of year for Hayden. Um, you could really go at him in one-on-one -on -one coverage. He does need safety help a lot of times. I, I don't know, man. I, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd give him, you know, give him that money. Um, and so I think maybe, maybe, you know, the Steelers need to go into the draft and, and find a corner. Um, they are picking in the NFL draft, they are picking 20th. Now, again, they need to figure out the quarterback situation with Ben Roethlisberger retiring. Will there be, because it's such a weak quarterback draft, I mean, it is weaker than weak. And maybe the Steelers try to trade up as well with later picks, uh, but I think with what they need, holes to fill, offensive line, corner, uh, quarterback, uh, maybe even like a little bit of help on linebacker, right, linebacker, because there were middle of the field this year was really exposed for them. It's funny. There's a lot of teams in the NFL, <clears throat> and I think Pittsburgh is one of them. The front line is really, really great, right? And then the middle is kind of like, hello, you know, you and, and you got to bring, you know, maybe a nickel package into it or something to cover a tight end across the middle. So, something needs to take place. And then the secondary is, is relatively strong. So you got that middle of the field just kind of there, and you've got to kind of make up for it by either getting to the quarterback quicker on the front line with your studs or your secondary players, you know, coming up and covering. So it, it, it's a very hard game uh, sometimes to play. I think the Rams for a while were in that, in that, in that boat uh, this year, but they've really tightened things up in the middle of the field. It, it does help, too, by the way, when Floyd, you know, Miller and, uh, and Aaron Donald are getting after the opposition on a, uh, on a repeated basis. But, you know, Pittsburgh... It's going to be fascinating because, listen, I don't think they're going to trade down or trade up. I think they'll probably keep that 20th pick. The question becomes, will the quarterbacks be available, right? The top two quarterbacks in the NFL draft. Um, a lot of mocks are, are, are really all over the place. And again, these are mocks. Nobody knows. Um, but Matt Corral out of Ole Miss certainly is someone uh, to keep an eye on. And then, of course, Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. This is a weak quarterback draft. And look, again, out of the crapshoot department, we don't know how these two guys are going to be in the pros. They're going to get drafted. Obviously, there's local ties there with Kenny Pickett, right, because he played his college ball at Pittsburgh. Some mock drafts, honest to God, have Matt Corral going as high as nine uh, in, in this draft. Um... You know, I haven't seen him much higher than like eight um, because a lot of the teams up above, you know, they're committed like Jaguars, Lawrence, Lions, Jared Goff still on the books. Uh, Texans, interesting. Maybe they go with Davis Mills. I don't know. Uh, but I don't think if you pick Pickett or at this particular point, Matt Corral, I don't think you're, you know, upgrading from Davis Mills. <clears throat> especially what he gave you. Jets are picking it fourth. They've got, you know, Zach Wilson. You've got uh, the Giants are committed to Daniel Jones, I guess. Uh, just hired Joe Shane as their new GM. Uh, Panthers right now seem to be committed to the situation of quarterback with Darnold and company, but, you know, that could change. Who knows? Uh, and then, you know, again, you got the Giants there picking at seven again. Falcons, they're going to ride Matt Ryan again. You know, at number nine, boom, you've got the Denver Broncos, uh, and, and possible trading up for Green Bay uh, to go out and get a monster stud wide receiver. Many people have Garrett Wilson from Ohio State going in that spot. 
I, I'm not sure. I mean, I've seen, again, like I said, 8-9 range for Corral. I've seen Kenny Pickett uh, picked as high as like 16, 17, 18 on some of these boards. Um, but mostly um, you're looking at maybe that 18 to 20, you know, 223 range, uh, depending on who trades up and who trades down. Again, you get into those areas of 20, um, you know, one and to the end, teams aren't looking for a quarterback. Patriots sticking with Mac Jones, obviously. Raiders, Derek Carr, uh, I mean, would they shop him? I don't know. Uh, you know, Cardinals, Kyler Murray, Dak with Dallas, Josh Allen, we know the Bills are very happy with him. Titans, Ryan Tannehill still riding that out. Got him on the books. Tom Brady, again, we wait, and that's an interesting one to look at compared to the Pittsburgh Steelers. What happens if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fall into the same game as the, you know, what happens if the Bucks and Steelers find themselves in, in similar, you know, company? If Tom Brady retires and Kenny Pickett's available, or Matt Corral's available that deep into the draft, which could happen at 27, Tampa Bay might pull the trigger and, and grab a quarterback, right? Um, you know, then you got Green Bay, we think Rodgers, right, right now. Uh, if not, I don't think that Corral or Pickett would, would seem, you know, to be an upgrade over Joe uh, over um, Jordan Love. Uh, the Bengals are in there at 29. They're very happy with Joe Burrow, obviously. The Dolphins have said they're committed to Tua Viola. Uh, again, and then you go Lions, Chiefs, Goff, Mahomes. So there aren't many teams looking for a quarterback. Pittsburgh is looking for a quarterback. I would say that their priority in the draft would be depending on, you know, where they want to go with their later picks. I would say that it's probably a quarterback because that's where the league is. But then I would tell you 1A, I would I would say corner. I, I, I think corner is important. Uh, they might want to build some depth on the D-line as well, only if you look at it and go, well, the best player available is Jordan Davis, right? I mean, I don't think Jordan Davis is going to drop that far, but there are a few mocks that have him going to the Pittsburgh Steelers, including Ryan Wilson from CBS. Others have Jordan Davis going way above that. Um you know, played on a generational defense, played in the SEC, uh, super stud up front. Uh, a lot of them have him going way above that, and some have him going below that. You know, there's mocks that have the Ravens taking him at 14, which would be a great fit. Um, you know, there there are some, uh, you know, drafts, mock drafts out there. In fact, I'm going up and down uh, one right now that doesn't have Jordan Davis until the, 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 like the really late stages, like the last couple of you know, the last couple of, of, of picks in the first round. Uh, Malik Willis is also an interesting one at quarterback for Liberty. I saw him play earlier this year in Syracuse. Uh, he's he's a major project, there's no question, but he does fit the mold of what these GMs are looking for in the NFL in terms of them being a hybrid quarterback. By the way, I just looked at one draft. Mock draft from Chris Trapasso, who's pretty solid. Um, not that he knows any more than any other guy because the draft is such a damn crapshoot. But <clears throat> he has Jordan Davis not even going in the first round. Let me look at this. Is that right? He doesn't have Jordan Davis going in the first round. Holy cow. That is stunning to me. Um, I mean, my goodness, I, I, I would think he'd get picked. My God, you, you've got, you know, sort of a, a, a stuffer. Uh, at the front line there, and 
everybody needs one of them. I mean, look at what Vita Vey has done for, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The thing is, for Pittsburgh, they have a lot of help up there. But if they get to a point where, again, because we don't know what's going to happen, what happens if Kenny Pickett goes, like, to the Saints at 18 and Matt Corral does go to Denver at number 9? You know, is it really worth the Pittsburgh Steelers to take Malik Willis? Or do you want to just kind of dip dive into, into free agency and just kind of pick up a couple people out of the scrap heap and wait until next year for a quarterback, right? Like, or does Pittsburgh have way bigger thoughts on this thing? And will they package up a bunch of draft picks and go make a play for Aaron Rodgers, right? I don't know if the winking and the smiling and all that BS with Mike Tomlin meant anything earlier this year, but... Uh, you know, maybe they have plans to do that. Maybe they will try to package up, you know, again, I don't know what their 2023, 2024 capital looks like. Maybe you keep your first rounder, trade a bunch of the back end guys, give a number one of next year and the year after. Although Green Bay, if you're going to trade Aaron Rodgers um, <clears throat> and there's a party who's going to take him, you are asking for, you know, the the two-car garage, you know, the house and, and the freaking kitchen sink. I mean, my, my God. You know, it's Aaron Rodgers, for God's sakes. I know he has been choking in the postseason the last several years, but it's still Aaron Rodgers. The Steelers would go right to Super Bowl contender status if they picked up Aaron Rodgers. So maybe there's a bigger play there. Maybe maybe Mike Tomlin and the front office and company, they're working, you know, at a bigger picture. But uh, I, I think that the Steelers, uh, assuming that they can't get Rodgers because they don't have enough draft capital, I think they would probably look heavily into the quarterback position at number 20. Who's available out of those three guys? <clears throat> you know, you have Matt Corral and Kenny Pickett ahead on the depth chart for sure, uh, ahead of Malik Willis. But again, it might be just, hey, we're good with these two guys. If one of them is available, we'll take them. Uh, and, and, and that's that. Uh, if all the quarterbacks are gone, which I don't expect that to happen because of you know, all these other clubs, they don't need them. I mean, you know, you look at, although, hey, you know, Washington football team, would they would they go with one? One a couple drafts have Kenny Pickett going there at 11, right? Um, if all those quarterbacks are gone, you know, I think the Steelers, maybe they focus in on corner, you know, for somebody to replace Joe Hayden. Because, again, that $11.2 million, I, I, do, I don't like that cap hit. If he wants that much money or more, I, I don't I don't give that to him. Um, you know, maybe you try to franchise tag them. I'm not quite sure. I think the Steelers also kind of got to look at the offense a little bit here. You know, Big Ben, for as bad as he's been, I understand. They also don't have a lot of great offensive weapons in terms of their depth. Uh, I think Najee Harris is going to be fine at running back. I think he's a terrific runner. I think you give him another year in that system, he's going to really break out and be a great player. You've got Claypool and you have Deontay Johnson, but... I think you need that third guy, that third weapon, um, you know, maybe a, a, a slot guy. Maybe you go into free agency and you try to go get like an Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, please don't. I'm a Bills fan. I love Isaiah McKenzie. I can't believe that he got benched. I can't believe the treatment from Sean McDermott. And, you know, when he finally got the ball, look at what happened with the offense, right? So, um, but McKenzie will be available. <clears throat> there will be others you know, on the market that maybe you can find. And listen, I understand Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool can go over the middle, but I, I just would, eh, I would look at the depth of that and go, maybe I don't really, I, I don't really like what I see 
from this season, and I'd like to shore up some things. Uh, the Steelers could use some major help on the offensive line, um, you know, as well. Uh, they don't, I mean, as far as the, let's see with the linemen, they, they have a lot of the linemen coming back, so they could try to run it back and say, hey, you know, let's, uh, <laughs> let's see what we got here, right? I'm looking at their unrestricted free agents right now, and I actually don't see any offensive linemen uh, on, on the list. So maybe they just say, to heck with it. We got all these guys under reasonable contracts. Let's just go for it here. Hope that our guards and our centers and our tackles, um, you know, perform well. Uh, Oko Rofor, Moore Jr. is a rookie out of A&M, right? Developing him, right? The offensive tackle, Joe Haig. Uh, you know, you got Chaz Green. You've got a bunch of these guys. A lot of no-name guys, man. Kevin Dotson, uh, <clears throat> you know, B.J. Finney. Let's just hope that all of these guys uh, develop and will hang in there with these guys uh, and see what happens. Um, you do have an interesting spot at tight end, certainly because Eric Ebron is gone. Uh, well, he's a free agent. He has a $6 million cap hit in 2021. Do you really want Eric Ebron back at that number? I don't think so. I mean, Eric Ebron is not a $6 million player. Juju Smith-Schuster is a wide receiver. He had a cap hit of $8 million. I think you let him walk. Uh, you know, a lot of money could be freed up here for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You don't bring a lot of these guys back. I think corner and safety, um, as far as I was talking about that, you got to go out and get somebody to replace Hayden. But Terrell Edmonds, I would re-sign. Uh, he, was a, he was a cap hit of just over $2.6 million. I think you probably look at maybe the 3 to 3.5 range for him for a couple of years. I think he's worth bringing back. Um, you know, same thing with Miles Killebrew. Um, I think you shore up some, some of that right there. Maybe you bring back some depth safeties who are around that 800 grand area. They might be asking for one to 1.2. You, you might have to give it to all of them. And I think that's where you go. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think quarterback cornerback, um, you know, offensive weapon, you know, slot receiver, tight end help on the O-line late in the draft. If you can get it. Uh, with running some of these guys back, and you go from there. I think that's where you're really at. You're riding some offensive weapons. You got to keep and build around. You know, Deontay Johnson, Claypool, Najee Harris. Um, all those guys are really, really good. None of them are really like a breakout number one guy. Maybe Deontay Johnson becomes that in 2022. I don't know, um, but you've got to figure that out for sure uh, from an offensive standpoint uh, as well. Weaponry and all the rest. You, you got to have a little bit more there especially if you're going to be grooming a young quarterback. Now, listen, if the, <laughs> the Steelers can somehow go out and get Aaron Rodgers, you got Johnson, Claypool, all those guys are going to just instantly get better because that's what the elite quarterbacks do. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. Pittsburgh is is one of the most fascinating teams to watch in the offseason. There's no question about that. ML Sports Platter with you all over the major platforms. Make sure you download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by our great friends at the Al and Angus Pub, home of the best star in Angus Burger in town. Mouth-watering burgers and wraps, salads, homemade soup like the French onion. They've got it going on. They can cater your business lunch as well at the Al and Angus Pub before and after all the big events, whether it's Syracuse basketball, Syracuse crunch, uh, theater and shows and all the rest. Make sure you get to the Al and Angus Pub Visit allenanguspub.com for more. Gift cards are always available. The Al and Angus Pub is the official pub 
of the ML Sports Platter. Huge thank you as well to Brewer Hardware, the Syracuse Fitness Store, Ken's Auto Detailing, and our great friends at Welch & Company Jewelers. Shop the showcase today at welchjewelers.com. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports, and as I always tell you, enjoy the games. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.